The renegade Jedi Cal Kestis. You have made quite a name for yourself. Sabotaging weapons depots. Disrupting supply lines. Flaunting this for everyone to see. The failed coup on Norset. That was your doing, wasn't it? What do you want, Senator? A confession? You already know I've been working with Saul Guerrero. Before I deliver you to the Emperor, you will lead me to the remaining Jedi. I can't. It's just me. <laughs> no use resisting. I'll find out one way or another. Sometimes all it takes is a speech. Episode 47 of the video game podcast, PlayStation Pals. I am your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the Papyrus to my Sans, John. Now, John, did you add all the PS Plus collection games to your library? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did that day one. No, I can't play them, but I have them. Uh, yeah, and you're a fool if you have not done that yet. Uh, yeah, well, you only have, as you're listening to this, it, if you're listening to the day we're recording, you only have four days. It's May 9th is the, the last day, so. Yeah, but I can't believe Sony's taking them away from us. Like, oh, that's so ridiculous. Like, I cannot believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you remember our rant in response to IGN talking about it. Um, yeah, just make sure you do it. Just make sure you add them. That doesn't mean you have to play them now. Doesn't mean you have to download them. Just like the PlayStation Plus Essential games you get each month, just make sure you add them, and then as long as you have an active PlayStation Plus subscription, you can play them. I did see a weird little article today, too, that said like they added Persona 5 back yeah. to it, which <laughs> yeah. is just interesting that they took it away only to add it a week before it goes away again. I, I don't know. but So, you know, if you, for some reason, added all the games after Persona 5 got removed, it's back, so make sure you go snag that one as well. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's a pretty good game. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good game. <laughs> all right. So we do have another jam-packed show for you, so we're going to get right into it. And this is how the show works. John and I both bring three things to talk about. It can be a video game we're playing, a topic, a news item, an email to PlayStationPalsPod at gmail.com, or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Follow us there if you want updates on the show. And I'm going to kick things off first with this week's big release, and that is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Happy May the 4th be with you. Yes. Belated, yeah, it's a, of course. It's been a great week of Star Wars content. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the game came out last week. I have played it and I have beaten it. So I have a lot of thoughts Ooh. on it now. <laughs> yes, I had a very lucky weekend where both the weather and my partner being out of town for three days kind of led me to really destroy that game. Be a big it's piece fun. of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't feel too great playing games that much, but it, it was fun. I'm yeah. not going to lie. So, uh, 
So Jedi Survivor, it's the big sequel from Respawn and EA. It is the sequel to 2019's Jedi Fallen Order, which I must say is very impressive that uh, Rem, uh, Respawn was able to release a game in three and a half months. Years. Or year, three and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, two of that, we had COVID, you know, so... It is, I don't know what, what's in the secret sauce over at Respawn because they have a lot more projects that we'll get into later in the show. But uh, Respawn, yeah. Respawn and Insomniac, they, they have something that, that <laughs> yeah. nobody else has. So. Yeah, they have whoever's, you know, manages their games is in, incredible. Yeah. Um, I do quickly want to speak on the bugs and the issues with the game because that seems to be a lot of the discussion. Uh, on, on PlayStation 5, more so on PC, but PlayStation 5 as well. Um, I really didn't experience very much bugs. There was like frame rate issues or um, I had one crash, hard crash to, you know, the desktop of the console. And uh, But for the most part, I didn't have any issues. I'm not as sensitive to that stuff. I'm not like, ugh, ugh. No. That's, that's, a, that's a 55 frame rate right there. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. I was playing in performance mode, uh, and for the most part, I loved it. In fact, <laughs> I had beaten the game maybe 30 minutes before the big patch came out. So it is. it has been patched since. Um, and it is a very large game. I will speak to that quickly. That it, This is 150 gigs. Yeah. And... That is that is nothing to scoff at. That's like you know Call of Duty levels of. <laughs> does it seem like there's 150 gigs worth of stuff there, or does it seem like Respawn maybe just isn't great at compressing their files? Because I know Fallen Order was like 80 gigs as well, and when you see a game like Horizon Forbidden West that you know has the big open worlds and is gorgeous that sits around like you know in like the 60 to 70 range right. just seems like something's a little weird but it also is truly next gen as well so that yes. might have something to do with it yes yeah it but. is a ps5 only game so it is very pretty in that regard uh speaking on the story very briefly uh, it kind of picks up five years after the events of the last game cal kestis is kind of you know doing his best to stop the empire from expanding and kind of after a uh, brief mission on Coruscant, goes to visit his friends, specifically Grease, on the planet Kobo, and that kind of serves as your hub for the whole game. Uh, he has set up a cantina on there, and crazy coincidence, there's more to that planet than meets the eye. Mm. There is some High Republic uh, ruins on there, and that kind of leads the story down its path. I'll keep spoilers very light here. Though I do think the overall story is a little weaker than Jedi Fallen Order. I think the characters themselves in this game are just top-notch. Uh, one thing Jedi Survivor uh, really knows is what makes Star Wars great, and it, it covers that throughout the story. So Got that Toad guy. Heard everybody loves the Toad Turgle? guy. Turgle? <laughs> Turgle? Turgle? Turgle. Not yeah. because of Torgle, the dog from Final Fantasy sixteen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it is very neat. This cantina becomes your hub, and as you're exploring the world, this is a third-person action game, uh, you kind of can recruit people, and then this cantina, which is pretty run down and beat up, kind of starts full, getting full of life. You get a DJ. You get a bunch of interesting characters. Is it Sice Noodles? 
Nice noodles. Nice noodles. Who's yeah. that? That's the the long lipped uh, singer from Return no, of the Jedi. No, no, no none of none of none of that species. I think I think Turgle might be that species, but I don't know. Okay. Um, but uh, no, this is a robot DJ, and uh, you get a bunch of interesting characters. You get Kai's, who gives you kind of bounties in the game. Nice noodles. <laughs> Yeah, I remember the character. Uh, You get a guy named Scuba who kind of helps you collect fish. It's another collectible in the game. And it's just nice to see, like, the town kind of, like, organically grow as Cal helps out people all over the planet that they kind of make a home here, including some Jawas and other Star Wars characters. And that's that's great. I kind of like that because the Skies of Arcadia did that. You kind of could recruit people to be on your ship. And some of this, you kind of recruit and help people to just build up your town, and they give you quests and whatnot. Um, and then the gameplay itself, one of this game does one of the most brilliant things ever, and that is keep every traversal ability from the last game to and gives it to you right from the start. Yeah. Double jump, wall running, uh, you have a, the grapple within 10 minutes of the game, and that kind of lets them just go wild with the game design. Like, you can just... you can. The game feels so good that you can be wall jumping up a wall and screw it up and kind of just cheese it so you can start wall jumping again. And all that feels good and a lot of good uses of the force to kind of manipulate things in the environment. It all feels really, really good. And Yeah, it's one thing to like take a character like, you know, Samus, right? And who like starts every game with no abilities. (laughs) But like to try and... I got missiles again. Try and do that with a Jedi would be kind of weird. Be like, yeah, you forgot everything. (laughs) It's the craziest (laughs) thing. So that's good. That makes sense. Yeah, and and this game does... And this game is huge. Like Kobo, the first kind of big planet you get on, is gigantic. There are mounds... um, there's so much to explore, so it's really nice that you have... I mean, there are abilities you learn later in the game, that kind of Metroidvania-esque things that you won't be able to reach to at all times, but it does have its, like... we got to come up with a term for it, like in Elden Ring when you open the door and it's like, mm. holy crap, yeah. or Breath of the Wild. You know, that moment where the game kind of just goes, oh my god, like, look at, look at all that I'm going to do. I see... Yeah. And the same thing here, it kind of starts out as a typical... Jedi Fallen Order level, and then you get kind of to the open world part, and you're like, holy shit, and there's a big space station you can see in the distance, and all kinds of... Is it that one? Yeah, yeah, Uh, that's it. Sorry for the (laughs) listeners out there, I'm just pulling up screenshots and giving you absolutely no value right now. Yeah, but I mean, look at that screenshot, it's just incredible, it's like, oh my gosh, look at all the things that I'm going to be able to see and do, and sure enough, the game allows you to do it, and Kobo is one of several planets, there's kind of two big planets and a bunch of smaller, a, a few smaller ones. But the big planets are really, really impressive. Uh, and again, the, the traversal and the everything else is, is great. And then, and then combat gets a little bit of a refinement. You still have all your abilities there. You have all the stances from the, from the last game. So you can be a single uh, lightsaber, dual lightsaber, or the uh, Darth Maul lightsaber that you got later in the uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Those are all back right off the start. And then you get two more stances on top of that. Um, I won't spoil all of them, but I will spoil the one that I love the most. And that was just having your blaster mm-hmm. and your lightsaber at the same time. Because it was just a good mix of range. And uh, there's a good, if you can, you can parry in the game using L1, but if you could hit triangle with, when you're in this stance, you do a, like a close range blaster shot. Okay. And it's just yeah. satisfying. Nice. You know, okay. like, um, and I know John's not going to like to hear this, but 
when I was playing this, all I could think about is like a Soulsborne game because uh-huh. it has a lot of the same mechanics. You trade yep. Eskis Flask for uh, sim, stim packs. Uh, you have meditation points instead of uh, bonfires. Uh, when you rest at these places, all the enemies respawn. <laughs> if, you, if you die, do you go back and reclaim anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got that mechanic. Uh, I didn't die too often, but they do have rancors in this, and they can kill you in one one grab, which is annoying. I hate one One hit. shots are always shit. Yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah, they grab you and just eat you, and it's an instant death, so you have to go back, and yeah, you can get your, your XP and experience points up to that point again if you can reach your body without dying. So, okay. Um, but it's not it, it's not as nowhere near as hard as a Soulsborne game, but it does have a lot of those mechanics where you, you could just be anywhere and all of a sudden just the, you're in a big named boss fight, you know. Even if you fought this type, specifically the type of enemy like a Droideka, you know the droids from the Clone Wars, you can run into one that has a name and has a full health bar. So um. <laughs> it's so funny when it's like I know exactly what you mean when you say and they have a name, but in video games, it's always, oh shit, he's got a name. <laughs> he's he's gonna be something special. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in this, their health bar, they have the boss health bars. You know, they fill up the whole top of the screen as opposed to being attached to the character as you attack it. And yeah, it's just again, it's just it's a crazy that. You know, Respawn got this license and created this franchise with it and is doing an astounding job with it. I, I cannot recommend this game uh, enough. You know, it's just one of the my most anticipated games of the year and was one of my, this is by far one of my favorite games of this year. Not the favorite. Well, you looking at me weird? Well, is it, it didn't come out this year. Is is the game that you have above? Yes, this? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's Persona Five. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it is still fantastic. I love that they give you all kinds of customization in this, not just the the ones from the last game. You know, your lightsaber and your outfit. You can have different hairstyles and different facial hair facial hair. So you can have a mullet in this with some mutton chops <laughs> or a handlebar mustache. You know, they really lean into really silly designs for Cal, and I kind of like uh, designing my Cal to be just tired and exhausted, so he looked like a guy that lived out in the woods for like a, you know, you know, years and is just coming out of hiding. And um, yeah, just an overall great game, including definitely one of my highlight boss fights that's going to be at the end of the year. Uh, there's an encounter midway through the game that's just. Again, PS5 shows off the PS5 and why this is a PS5 only game, but it's just so fun and bombastic. It's something out of like a uh, an insomniac boss fight when you're like on rails and you're fighting a boss like through worlds and stuff like that. Something like in Rift Apart. Uh, this is on that level. It was just awesome that I w- I actually clapped uh, yeah, by myself nice. in the room because <laughs> it was that good. Nice. <laughs> so I don't know, John. Did you have any questions about the game? Uh, I'm, I, my review is it's a four out of five. Like four out of five. A, yeah, it's it's. I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's not perfect, but I it's mean, really good. I, you know, initially my my first question would be, does this do anything to move the needle <laughs> on you wanting to play an actually good Souls game, or or are you just the mechanics that that present are not the reason you enjoyed this at all? Um, I'm not. I don't hate the mechanics. That's for sure. I never. Yeah, that is a good question. Probably. It definitely leads me closer to wanting to give Elden Ring maybe a decent shot. 
I'm telling you, if you go into it, <laughs> you have to do a little bit of legwork in the front end, but you can make that game so it's not overbearing at mm. all. And you can see, at least explore, you know, what makes that game specifically, but also that series, you know, mm-hmm. um, really yeah. special. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you, a Star Wars paint job on Elden Ring is, right. is definitely a thing that carries it for me, too. Like, I won't deny that. So if you were riding a... What's a, what's a, what's a rideable creature in Star Wars? A Wampa? Is that what... <laughs> well, they're Nikos in uh, this. Okay, so if you're riding a Nico and instead of a sword, you had a lightsaber and... And, and, and... Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but other than that, man, I mean, you know, for me, it's... You know, I never beat Fallen Order. I did boot it back up, you know, in anticipation to kind of see what you thought about this game. And, you know, if I came back to work and you're like, I'm giving you this game, you're going to play this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, let me at least start it. And, um, I, you know, it's it's one that I probably, I, I think I would enjoy a lot more than I, I think I would if I actually just took the time to do it. Um, but, you know, I have to be willing to put that stuff ahead of the games I already want to play. And so it's just, mm-hmm. you know, if I can find, you know, because, like, I'm... I'm pretty close to getting done with Resident Evil 4. We're not bringing that to talk about today. I'll probably talk about it next week, but you know, as soon as that's done, I got Tears of the Kingdom, I got I got Elden Ring, so it's just like I don't know if I'll ever be able to, but <laughs> um, it does at least seem like a game that just based on the visuals, like it'd be just fun to just walk around these these environments. Um, and yeah. you know, knowing how big a fan you are with Star Wars, it's just always you know, if I, if a Lord of the Rings game came out of this quality, you know, I would hope that you'd be like, oh, I hope it's good for you, right? And, yeah, and, yeah. and if I came back hearing that it is that good, you know, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Respawn, shout out to, um, you know, that, that team over there for turning out a high quality project quickly. You know, like you said, the bugs seem to kind of take over most of the conversation initially, but... Um, the fact that it received an 86 still with that level of bugs and things that people had issues with, I think is a testament to the quality of the game. And uh, yeah, if you are tangentially uh, you know, into the Star Wars universe, I think it's a must play probably, you know, yeah. at least from, from somebody who's just kind of across the aisle from you, what yeah. you say. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, we don't get very many Star Wars games, but as we'll get into <laughs> later, good. you know, that is uh, on pace to change. So uh, cool. yeah, though. But again, this is if you're if you want to experience Star Wars, it's May the fourth. Just pick this game up. You will you'll love it. We need to start a database of our reviewed games. Sure. I think we need to keep track of all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, because we you know we're at what like probably like five or so six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, let's get that shit written down before we start forgetting. <laughs> but cool. Yeah. So move on. All right. So here we go. Big news this week, guys. Um, this is a PlayStation podcast. You are listening to PlayStation Pals. However, when industry things happen that kind of supersede and go beyond the realms of just our little bubble, we have to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And with the, the release of Xbox's newest first-party title from Arcane, Austin, Redfall, we have to talk about this game. This was kind <laughs> of being propped out as being the, the kind of... Starting point, I think, for Xbox rebounding a bit, for them to start releasing their first-party games of high quality at a good cadence and really start to reinvigorate the brand and get the the uh, diehard Xbox fans out there, you know, excited about the future again. Put some Game of the Year candidates out there. First game since Halo Infinite. 
Yeah, I mean, and this Forza is... Forza Horizon 5 in 2021? Yep, this was a game that was originally had a release date of last year, got pushed out to, to be worked on a little bit more, caused Xbox to have an entirely vacant 2022 with the exception of Pentiment and some smaller titles. So a lot of writing on this game. And, and you know, unfortunately, uh, the reviews for this game have come out shockingly low. Right now it's sitting at a 61 on Open Critic, which is... Crazy. I never thought in a million years that this game would be anything less than maybe like a 75. You know, Arcane is a studio with with a great track record, makers of Dishonored, uh, Prey, you know, high quality titles. And so for a game to come out like this, it just begs the question of what is going on at Xbox. And we need to kind of talk about it. So uh, Phil Spencer was courageous enough. Uh, to go on the kind of funny Xcast this week, where he kind of took some questions, um, you know, not softballs either, but just to kind of go get out in front and talk about the state of it. And so, I wanted to go through some of the things that he said and just how we feel about, you know, the other the other side of the aisle here. And I want to start off, you know, because I, I think I'm starting to build a reputation on the show of being a bit of a ranter, <laughs> and and I I will hold you know wholeheartedly champion that. But I do want to say off the top that I, I believe Phil Spencer seems like a nice guy. I give him lots of credit for going on these shows, for taking it on the chin, for being the guy in charge and, and acting like he's the guy in charge, whether it's for good or for bad. So first and foremost, I want to applaud him for that. I think he typically means well. I don't get a nefarious spirit out of him at all. I think he he's a smart guy who probably deserves to be where he is. But at least from my point of view, I feel like he's something's got to change over at Xbox. Um, he's been in charge since 2014, which I kind of view as the beginning of the start of the downfall for the Xbox brand. And while he's done great things like Game, pa- Game Pass, some, some of these good services, the games simply aren't there. And based on some of the things he's saying, I worry, if I was an Xbox fan, I would be kind of worried about the future as well. So just kind of going off of some of the quotes that he had on this show, I want to start off here. Phil said he rejects the argument he hears from people that if Xbox just released great games, then things would turn around for them and Xbox could catch up in the console market, saying it's simply not true. What do you think of that statement, Nick? Like... Because for me, that is simply unacceptable. When you are a console creator, when you have a history with creating games like Halo, that literally that IP jump-started your lead into the Xbox 360 generation, which I know is not apples to apples anymore. But the reason that, for me, that PlayStation is as successful as it's been is because they took the time and effort to build the teams that were necessary to get the products out that elevated that platform ahead of its competitors. And if Xbox says that that's not, that that won't make a difference, why play there? What do, what do you think about that <laughs> statement? Uh, well, I'm in a very unique case uh, because what he's saying is wrong just in with me. Uh, Little backstory, I was an Xbox 360 to Xbox One gamer. Uh, I have a gamer score of over 100,000. Humble brag there. (laughs) And I was very much in the Xbox ecosystem. In 2017, in the lack of Xbox exclusives, when Sony released one of the uh, great franchise, Horizon Zero Dawn, I bought into PlayStation when that game released 
and I have been playing PlayStation games ever since. So if I did that, what's to stop anyone else from doing that? If Microsoft had, let's say they released games at the same cadence as Sony and were just as good, people would, people would move, for sure. It's not gonna be overnight. <laughs> no, no. But it's going to, that's what you have to do in these long-term businesses. Like Microsoft is not an overnight company, right? Mm-hmm. So they have the manpower, they, have, they own over 20 studios, they have the money, like to just say like, we can't compete with Sony is, is a little shocking, I think. <laughs> and, and I mean, that, this would be in a vacuum too, right? Like even if Xbox was releasing good titles, Sony would still be doing the same thing, right? So it would be it would be hard, but every but it would be it would they would get growth. They would definitely see more numbers in Game Pass, more consoles sold, more active users on their platform over Sony's. Um, I, that would happen. I mm-hmm. just don't. That's but that's where you start. Like you have to have that. Like what's what good is Netflix without you know all their without Stranger Things right. or without all its marquee titles. Same thing here. Like Game Pass needs marquee titles. It is nice that they get brand new games right when they come out, but they need big games to do that. They need, like we said last week, before we even knew this, like a lot's riding on Starfield. Holy shit, the whole kid and caboodle of the whole year is riding on Starfield now. Phil's job, I think, is riding on Starfield too. <laughs> you know, and Phil, you mentioned like that he started in 2014. Well, he did inherit the biggest sinking ship. Xbox One launched in 2013 yeah. and was really the downfall of uh, their console uh, market share. And But he's also had 10 years to write yeah. the ship. And just like a football coach that takes over a losing program, you know, you should get a lot done in 10 years. If you're not a winning program or, you know, seeing growth, then you got to get out. Like, right. that's it. Yeah, and and I think, um, you know, I think a, a, a lot of what he's saying, I, I get it. Because, you know, he goes on further to say that Xbox lost the worst possible generation that they could have lost, which was the Xbox One PS4 generation. Because that was the generation that people started to build their digital libraries. Nick and I aren't digital guys. I have some. Nick has even fewer, but still probably a couple. <laughs> but it is harder and harder and harder each and every day as we continue to, to get more invested in these ecosystems to switch over. But he continues to add things like, there's no world that Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start to sell their PS5s. I agree but it might cause people to buy an Xbox. So it's just like, I don't- Myself included. Yeah, <laughs> Nick included. And so it's like, to me, the, the big takeaway I kind of get from this whole situation, the way that Phil's talking about this, is Microsoft doesn't really care about the console. I think we've kind of known that, you know, since they've been pushing Xbox, X, sorry, Game Pass, I don't think they're in, yeah, they, they simply do not want to compete with Sony. You know, he said in the, in the interview, uh, he said the green version of, the, there's no way for Xbox to win by trying to be the green version of what the blue guys do. He says they have to take a new path, which is why they're pushing things to Game, Pla- Game Pass and xCloud. I think that's a cool strategy, but you can't then come in and say like, oh, oh, you know, come play here. This is the best place to play games. Like if your strategy is to go Game Pass, that's fine. But I do think, and I've been saying this from the beginning, that it is a detriment to the quality of video games. I was reading an article today, Nick, about how movie studios are starting to make movies specifically for streaming services of a lower quality. They are specifically making these projects. Ghosted was one of the recent ones with, I think, with that Chris Evans' Ana de Armas movie that went straight to Apple+. Yeah. They knew it wasn't good. 
but this is a movie that they can put out to get onto a streaming service to keep subscriptions going. And I cannot imagine a scenario that well, Michael- Was that Redfall? Yes, I think it is. <laughs> I think there's a scenario right now where it's like, look, we know we cannot make a Last of Us. What do we do then? If we can't compete, then what do we do? We know we can't compete with the Nintendo, just the amount of handhelds and shit they have out there. So what do we do? Well, we do have a great infrastructure, a great technology department with Microsoft. We push all, we flood into Game Pass as much as we can, which is obviously why they wanted to buy Activision Blizzard. But it should start to scare people. If that is what they're doing, at least from a first party angle, you're always gonna have third party things come into play. You're always gonna have Ubisoft titles flow in or whatever the case. But for Microsoft, a team that, again, owns over 20 different teams, just spent $7 billion for Bethesda, wanted to buy Activision Blizzard for $70 billion. I would worry what their intentions are, at least to just you know, gauge success. Is success for them releasing a, a 95 Metacritic game that you know everybody wants to play? I'm sure they would love it, but I don't think that's what they're striving for. And for me, specifically, it's just sad. It's, it's sad because when I think about every single great experience I've had in games for the past 10 years, yes, I have some one-off, you know, indie titles, a weekend experience with this thing there that was fun. I have, you know, um, you know, something that's maybe more of a guilty pleasure. But when I think of everything, God of War, Spider-Man, The Last of Us, Uncharted, Returnal, uh, these games just are simply not, it seems like they don't even want them to try and come there. And it's just, I don't know. I, 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 really, I really worry just about how this will shape, continue to shape the industry. Sony thrives when Xbox thrives. Xbox thrives when Sony thrives. That's how this shit works. And if Sony starts to see like, oh, well, they, they're not even trying on the other side anymore. Like, did they start to ease off the pedal a little bit? I hope not. I don't think they will. I think that Sony has created an ecosystem of developers that care about their products, of you know, studio leads and studios that want to be the best. And so that's why I play there. Um, but it was just kind of crazy to hear a CEO say what he was saying. And, and I know a lot of it can probably be taken out of context and things, but it's just, I'm, I'm tired of Microsoft kind of just being, you know, like, hey, we're the same as the guys over there. At least, that's, you know, that's what the, the general public perception is like, oh, thank you to the 20 million players that have played Minecraft Legends. It's like, yeah, but Phil, how many of those people just downloaded it and played it for an hour and then deleted it entirely? It's like, they are in the market of just obfuscating numbers and obfuscating data and obfuscating everything that it's just, it's, I think there's a very, very, very valid reason that, that faith is at an all time low of Xbox. And I just, I think if they choose to stay in their lane, that's cool. But I just hope that they don't continue to try to, we're just gonna buy everything. We're gonna buy everything. We're gonna buy everything. We're gonna take things off the market so that, you know, we can we can push push more more stuff out. but. Um, yeah. I'm rambling now. Go, go for it. No, no. he was he was being very candid and honest, and but he was also like you said, being very defeated. And I don't know if this has to do with the CMA decision and having Xbox appear to be at a very low point as part of their strategy. Who knows? But as you said, if their strategy is to push for cloud gaming, it's way too early to be talking about it. It just mm -hmm. the infrastructure is not there. You know, every 
every few years we get, you know, cell phones will kill, will kill the console market. Now cloud gaming will eventually kill the console market. And yeah, that is probably true, but we're a very long time from that. Like I, it's not, it's not gonna happen in PlayStation 6 and Xbox series, whatever, whatever the next consoles are, they'll be around. But maybe after that things will start to push, but to like have that attitude now and not try to, and, to, and disrespect having the attitude now while disrespecting the people that currently have your console mm-hmm. who spent the $500 on the equivalent the Xbox Series X and not hyping them up and getting them excited is kind of a bummer like it's, it's like he's being too honest and too defeated and I know <laughs> before he I think before he went on here Microsoft is having their E3 93 conference this year on June 11th so they have they'll they will have that moment to drum up excitement for their platform for Game Pass, but yeah, I don't get I don't get where he's coming from unless unless like like I said, it's all a long game to be like CMA, look at me, mm-hmm. and we're weak, we're wounded, yeah. we just released another we're, crappy we're game. We're definitely in third place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we have no <laughs> avenue to beat them. Well, yeah, which is the frustrating part the whole time is because this is why you're in third place because you keep releasing games that are very subpar. Yeah. Like you can't even say we had a good game in almost two years. Like it, that's a AAA game. Yeah, I, I took the time to write down the first party titles that have been released since 2014 for both platforms. I'm not going to read them all, but I'm going to try and pull out some of the best. Like the highlights from Xbox from in Phil Spencer's tenure, Halo 5. State of Decay, Quantum Break, ReCore, Gears 4 and 5, Dead Rising 4, Sea of Thieves, Crackdown 3, Fleeting Edge, Flight Simulator, Halo Infinite, Psychonauts, Grounded, and Redfall. That's okay? The, those are a lot of bad games. There's a lot there. of bad games in there. Now, here's Sony. <laughs> Infamous Second Son, Drive Club, Bloodborne, Journey, Until Dawn, Uncharted, the Nathan Drake Collection. I should say Journey was a port from PS3 to PS4. Ratchet and Clank the Remake, Uncharted 4, Rezogun, Astrobot's Rescue Mission, Last Guardian, Neo and Neo 2, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted Lost Legacy, Gran Turismo Sport, Shadow of the Colossus, God of War, Spider-Man, Days Gone, Death Stranding, Dreams, The Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, Astro's Playroom, Del- Demon's Souls, Sackboy Big Adventure, Miles Morales, Returnal, Rift Apart, Forbidden West, Gran Turismo 7, Last of Us Part 1, Ragnarok, Call of the Mountain. And PSVR was launched in there as well. <laughs> and this isn't trying to be the fanboy. I, I fully understand how it could come across like that. I, I, I get it if that's how we sound right now. It's But it's simply a call to arms that I think... I, I think... I think Microsoft realized very early in last generation that they were going to get trounced. And they, they had to course correct and they came up with Game Pass. And while it is a good thing for the value of the player, I worry long term. And I think that's where we're at. And they need to do better. They just simply need to do better. And um, if I was Phil, man, I would be at Bethesda every single day checking on the status of Starfield. Because that game has to be... it. it, ha- it I mean, even Fallout 4 released at an 87, and people are like, this is okay. You know, that game has to blow people's pants off, because they're, they're, they're under a microscope. I mean, it has the potential to do it, but if you were going to ask me which game was going to be more buggy and, like, have, and have all the issues, I would have said Starfield over Redfall. And now that we got the reverse, I'm very much afraid for... Uh, Starfield. I mean, it has been in development for a very, very long time. You know, it is also, you know, that's why we tout when uh, Respawn makes a game in three and a half years. 
It's been, what, eight-plus years since the last Bethesda game? What was it, 76? Fallout well, 76? I don't count that because that was not Bethesda proper. But Yeah, it was. No, that's the Austin, the Texas-based studio, Bethesda. It wasn't Bethesda Softworks or Software? Well, they have two studios. One is the main one that's, in, I believe, in Canada, and then okay. the other one is... So Fallout 4 is, is the last one. It's Fallout 4, yes, okay. and the, whatever the, the last DLC was for that. Yeah, well, um, Fall, yeah, Fallout 4 is 2015, so... Yeah, you know, yeah, eight years, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we were looking at the Xbox subreddits. They're obviously very down, not only the Redfall thing, but then everything Phil is saying. Um, so I... Yeah, faith is not great over there right now. <laughs> yeah, and understandable. And, and, understandable, and it, it just feels bad. Like, you know, like, as much as I want all these guys to come and join our, join the PlayStation team and enjoy their games, it's like, can Xbox just... Give a, get a one win, one win this year. Yeah, you know I know Hi-Fi Rush was considered a very good game, and I, I very much wanted to play that on PlayStation. But you need more than just that. That's I mean that's not really a AAA game. You know that's that was a forty dollar game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I, I think we'll, you know we can end here. Like you know, video game players are very much a what have you done for me lately crew, right? You know if if yeah. if Starfield comes out and it's great and and. You know, they have a great roadmap, a great showcase. You know, he said on the podcast as well that he he thinks he's, he said this before, finally getting ready to release a big AAA quality game every quarter. Like, he, he sees things lining up. You know, they have so many games announced, Avowed, uh, Contraband, Perfect Dark, Indiana Jones. Um, fuck, man, they even have Elder Scrolls Six and Fallout 5 for some reason are officially announced. Um you know they need to they need to do it, and they, they have a road to recovery. But I, I I don't think that road to recovery can exist without great games. That that's yeah. that's everything that it comes down to for most people. I mean, yeah. there might be some people that are just like I play here because my friends play here. For some reason, that meant sentiment still maintains for some people. But yeah, I mean, Starfield being good, maybe having another big fall release because Starfield is early fall. So having maybe a October or November game that we don't know about could be that's ready to go. He did mention on the, uh, you know, I, I love to read into everything because that's what we. <laughs> I think that's what we both do. You know, as being into this industry so much. But he mentioned, you know, we have a lot of great games to look forward to. We have uh, this year we had Redfall, we have Starfield coming out, we have Hellblade Two coming out, and then a bunch of others. And he kind of set it in like this, like it was being grouped in with mm. those. So okay. I think that will be the next one after it mm-hmm. um but yeah. yeah i don't know yeah i mean ninja theory is a very good developer yeah we said that about arcane yeah <laughs> that's true too <laughs> so we'll see we'll see but yeah we, yeah we'll know in a month from now really what microsoft tends to do for the next year and hopefully they can you know they mm-hmm. can they can turn the ship but as you said phil spencer is He's on life support. He is. He is. <laughs> you know, like I said at the top, good guy. Seems to mean well. The fans love him for some reason. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm pulling for you, man. Like we really are, because like I said, all 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 <laughs> rising tides bring ships up or something stupid. Whatever that fucking, <laughs> fucking phrase is, high tide raises all ships or something. So, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on. Hopefully, no more Microsoft stuff. No, <laughs> for for a minute. No, no. All right. Two bad weeks. 
get to something fun. Yes. All right. So last week we started building our top 50 games of all time list for the PlayStation Pals, and so you know we had some had some good discussions. But uh, Nick and I were able to hammer out the next 10 that we wanted to go through to you guys, and uh, so we're going to kind of go through those quickly here, talk about them a little bit, and move on. But uh, I will admit. This is a pretty John heavy 10, you know, there are a couple games here and there that that one of us feels so passionately about that we just have to have them on the list. Um, so, you know, we'll, uh, we'll start with one that is definitely all for me, but uh, it's a game that would be in the running for the most played game of all time for me. It, it devoured my college time with friends, uh, perfect couch co-op game if you're into this genre, and that game... Rock band. Um, I was a big Guitar Hero guy. You know, when Guitar Hero first dropped, I was I was there. Um, not day one, but I remember going to a Best Buy and, had, and playing the demo and just immediately loving the rhythm thing. And, and this that kind of built off of. I was originally a DDR guy too. I just I like music based rhythm games. And so when you're able to put that into something like Guitar Hero, I was immediately hooked. I loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. Bought two, bought three. And then when they had the idea that, like, we're going to come out with Rock Band and there's a drum kit, I was like, oh, fuck, this looks cool. And, like, but, like, is it going to be fun? And for me, it was absolutely, you know, one of the most fun experiences I could have playing video games with my with my buddies in college, you know, doing a stupid drum solo on this plastic kit. Um, you know, I, I was known as Guitar Hero John throughout the dorms because uh, I, I played, I was, you know, I was, I was playing on expert everything. I don't mean that to be a humble brag, but, like, I was... You know, I could do through fires and flames on on Guitar Hero. I could beat Everlong on Expert and Drums, and so I just it, I loved it so much that like I, rem I I will always remember this moment. The first time I came across a drum kit that I could play in real life after playing being on Expert and Rock, and I was like, I wonder, I wonder if I can do this. And I sat down and I could do it, and it felt great. And this doesn't mean I'm a drum guru or anything, but <laughs> uh, it was just a really solid title that that you know kind of understood what video games can be and it's just a dumb simple time with scrolling little colors that you just hit at a, hit at a specific time but um, I'm a music junkie and I'm a game junkie so it's just a, a perfect fusion for me now is the original Rock Band your favorite because there's quite a few Rock Band games there are um, I mean it, it obviously only ever just comes down to the track list I, I yeah. didn't do enough research to, to know um, <laughs> I think I think it is mm-hmm but three started to really pump out a ton of DLC, and so like you really could start like, and DLC was always like a dollar. It was like ninety nine cents for a song. So right. like being a broke college kid, you could always make room for for a dollar here and right. there. Um, <laughs> so I probably had like the most amount of time in that one. But I, you know, I, I in everything usually give a lot of credence to the first of something, just because right. it. I, I I do value. Uh, innovation and just paving the way for future things yeah so like yeah. had to throw the first one on there even if it might not be my favorite <laughs> you know it's it's it, it deserves the spot it was an interesting time period of like it, it just defined an era of gaming was like the rock band versus guitar hero which was funny because harmonics were initially made guitar hero and then this whole they got bought and neversoft took over guitar hero and then the harmonics came with rock band and it was always like like i think it was like every october it would be one of them versus each other you know because yeah. they they became like yearly franchises right. rock band point. beatles guitar hero world tour yeah blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah and it always and it was really was it was like a it was like a fighting game it was like what was the what's the track list like that's what they would just battle over and then you know that would determine the better game but it, it just definitely to define the late aughts and early aughts uh 2010s was this 
plastic instrument battle. Yeah. <laughs> I will admit those things were a bitch to carry around, and I broke the fuck out a lot of those pedals. So I had to get a metal-plated pedal so that I didn't break it. But, you know, Jesus. no regrets. You're so hardcore. Do you still have Rock Band? I have the kid. I, yeah, I've, 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 um, I actually went to Disc Replay and bought... Uh, Rock Band 2, like all of them, I think for Wii, because I have a Wii U, and my in-laws had a, for some, I don't, I still don't, I should ask, <laughs> they had a Rock Band kit, and so I brought that, got those, did at one point. right, got those for like two bucks, and then uh, set it up for my son to play one day, because I was like, yeah, you know, just hit some, yeah, 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 and right. I should I should bring that out again, because he's actually coordinating, not a, like, a three-year-old little munchkin <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't know how to do anything except be a monkey, so uh, yeah, but Rock Band Man is, uh, I will always... Always, always, always have a special place in my heart for Rock Band. All right, so moving on to game number 39. This is actually from the same time period as Rock Band. Uh, we're going to be taking you to Rapture, and that is the video game Bioshock. Now, Bioshock was kind of a reinver reinvigoration of first-person games. Uh, not only did it have the cool location that is Rapture that was supposed to be a utopia but something went horribly wrong but uh, brought in the plasmid so you kind of it was a first person shooter but you also had these other abilities and just so much iconography from that game is very distinct the big daddy, the underwater cities, the little sisters did you harvest the little sisters? Did you, did you free them? You know it was it's probably many would consider one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah. You know, not just our favorite game. And yeah, it's a test of time. That's why we're so excited for Judas coming up is because of what this game did, how it made you feel and, and a great twist, you know. Mm. Yeah, would you kindly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think Rapture definitely has a very strong case for being the most iconic video game setting uh, mm -hmm. in history. Like, you look up lists of that, it's always there. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, you know, you're, you're hooked to it. But one of the most striking art styles and vibes that you get from a world is this creepy dystopian thing. And, you know, it's just... From, from top to bottom has some of the best just environmental storytelling the audio logs and everything is, is so so good um, I do remember when I first played it kind of being confused as to how to play it because like you said with the plasmids I was just like no I'm going to shoot everything I just want to I was like I don't have any fucking ammo where's all the ammo like I just I kept running I think I just remember like running around with a wrench and trying to like beat everybody with a wrench and I was like mm -hmm. well this is stupid and then I kind of realized like oh there's a little more depth here than I was giving yeah, it credit I can, for. Yeah, I can use the environment to kill enemies with plasmids. You know, with a, oh, there's a puddle on the ground. I can electrocute it. Yeah. And that'll create additional damage. And Yeah. Yeah, just the great art design on the enemies and everything. It was just, yeah, it was one of the most perfect one, games. One of the greats. I think it got a 96 on, on Metacritic or Open Critic. So, you know, yeah. definitely, definitely deserves to be there. But... All right, this will be a quick one. Uh, number 38, it was, because uh, we've talked about it a decent amount on the podcast, it was number three, I believe, of my game of the year last year, and that's uh, indie game Undertale. Um, I love this game. It's it's one of the most unique games I've played, one of the most charming games I've ever played. Music is great. Characters are great. You know, it, it, it's not afraid to be f silly as can be. You know, I love, I still, I think I told the story, I love that dog that you just keep petting it and his neck grows more and more until his <laughs> neck comes, it goes out of screen and then you keep petting him and his neck starts to U-shape down the other side of it and it's just like, it's little things like that that you cannot help 
but smile ear to ear while you're playing through it. Um, you know, it's it's understandable to be immediately turned off by just how it looks, and I, I get that. But I would urge every single person out there, give it a shot. You know, you can you can go through the game killing everybody. You can go through the game not killing anybody. Um, you know, unique battle system. It's just a pleasure to play and, and an experience that I, I think everybody should at least give a shot. Um, it's quick too. It's like, you know, five, six hours. It's not a lot, but, uh, yeah, I need to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, next time you see it on sale, uh, you should definitely check it out, but okay. yeah. Undertale. All right. So moving on to game number 37, we are going to a Sony exclusive and that is Gran Turismo three. This is a John game. So I will let him discuss why it's so high on our list. Have you ever played? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I appreciate it. I just, yeah. I'm just not a big car guy. Yeah. Um, no, I think this game hit me at a perfect time in my life. I had recently broken my wrist in four places. I playing Rockman? Huh? Playing Rockman? Yeah, playing Rockman. <laughs> uh, no, playing football. I got, I got, you know, I got tackled poorly and broke my wrist. So I was pretty shut down for a bit, obviously. I had the cast up to my um, mid of my bicep, so like I couldn't even bend my elbow uh, for a good six months because the, the surgeon screwed up my surgery and had to go back in there. So I got a lot of time just sitting on the couch playing a game. And you know, at the time I was playing Gran Turismo 3 and it just, it created such a perfect loop for me and just of addiction of, you know, you, you get your small car, you win a race, you get money, you get a bigger, better engine, you go a little bit faster, you start winning that race, you win this race, you get this license, blah, 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 circle, 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 repeat until all of a sudden you're driving an F1 car dusting everybody, right? Or you want to have a, a Ford Mustang with, sorry, that is a, a phone call from, from somebody. Um, or, you know, you want to have 1,200 horsepower in your Mustang, right? It's, it's just, it was... And I was like, I don't know, 13, 14 year old boy, right? Who's just like, do I like cars? I don't know, maybe I like cars, let's, let's check it out. <laughs> but you know, I sunk hundreds of hours into this, doing all the trials. I, I did some um, 24 hour races, which turned out to be like two or three hours. I would just sit there for three hours. Because <laughs> I wanted to win, like one of the special cars you could win for doing some of these, you know, where could only be one in those. And it's like, it's an F1 car and, and like, just getting through a race finally and like seeing like the, the silhouette of the car and like, it's the F1 car and I get so excited. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's good stuff and I haven't really went back to Gran Turismo since. Like I have seven and I wanna give it a shot. Um, I just, A, need the time and B, I, I, kinda, I kinda still want that wheel. I've heard the wheel really elevates it, but uh, you know, back in the day, Gran Turismo 3, I, I couldn't put it down. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. What's next? Another John game. Uh, Number 36. uh, Bullshit. Yeah, I know, I know. Like I said, I told you at the front, man, I think I just play more games than you. (laughs) I don't fight as hard as I should There's also that. Um, This game is... If if I could create my own list, this game would maybe be top five. Um, It's my favorite indie game of all time probably i've sunk probably close to a thousand hours in it it created a love for a genre that i didn't know i liked Uh, and that game is the binding of isaac Uh, this is a i believe it's 2016 release um that it's another one that is a little deceptive when you first look at it it's top down um 
four directional like bullet hell kind of combat, right? You enter a room, there's a random allotment of enemies, you shoot these little tiers out, right? And you try and get them and move on to the next room. But what this game does, that's absolutely so incredible, and I still to this day haven't found a game that does it quite as well, is the items that you are able to collect in the game and the way that they synergize and interact with each other is unlike anything else. Um, this is a, a roguelike, you know, for those who don't know what a roguelike is, is basically a game where you're gonna start at the same point every, every time, try and get as far as you can, uh, or maybe even beat the game, where you get a random set of items, random, everything is randomly generated, random floors, random enemies. <laughs> And so what the game does, it, it has, a, I think, over like 500 or so different items with, with all unique abilities. And not every single item interacts with one another, but every once in a while, you'll get these two items that just do something together that wildly changes the game that you've never quite experienced. And all of a sudden, you're just blitzing through floors and destroying enemies. And that's just such a fun feeling, such a good feeling, um, you know, when it does happen, because it's not gonna happen every single time. You're gonna have these hard fought battles where you're, you're sweating it out every single room. You're, you're really trying to maximize the keys and things you have. Um, but when you when you go through it and you just get these god mode type runs, it's just such a good feeling, and it's probably the number one game out there on my list of like I wish I had this platinum. But it's just it's it's got such a such a ridiculous thing you got to do. You got to beat like beat the game ten times with like fifteen different characters, and it's just it's it's, it's a lot. But uh, the Binding of Isaac is just pure video game fun for me. It's exactly what I wanted. It scratches all the right parts of my brain. Um, I, you know, unfortunately, I haven't really played it a lot lately. It did do... It, it kind of did something I didn't really like where they kept updating the game so much that it almost lost originally what I liked about it where there's there's too many variables now and too much <laughs> variance and it's, you know, like there's too many hard things to do where I need to go online and now look like... It's very, it's very obtuse with some of the things you need to do to get to specific parts of the game. And I was like, I, I don't know if I'm willing to do this anymore, but like I said, I probably have about a thousand hours in it and um, I loved, loved, loved playing that game back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so Binding of Isaac is one of my faves. Okay. All right, we're halfway there. Now, for number 35, I don't think in your list, John, was uh, Sunset Overdrive. For Microsoft of games in the last 10 I, years. I had it written down, but I didn't say it because <laughs> it came out the year he took power, so it's like he doesn't, you know, yeah, like okay. it, it wouldn't really be a him game anyway. Okay. Well, fair enough. That Sunset Overdrive came from Insomniac, you know, the makers of Ratchet and Clank, and I love that game. Sunset Overdrive is a great Xbox exclusive, so when we found out that their next game was going to be a Spider-Man game, well... Holy shit, man. You knew it was going to be something really, really special. And sure enough, it was 2018. Spider-Man is our next game. And I don't know really what more needs to be said. It's yeah. a perfect encapsulation of the character. One of the best feeling games to play. Uh, taking the Arkham combat and applying it to Spider-Man just works. Uh, Recreating the city works, bringing all the classic villains in works. There's not a bad thing to say about this game, other than it released in probably one of the biggest years of video games ever, so it kind of gets yeah. buried there. But, you know, and then this year, biggest, most anticipated game for Sony right now is going to be Spider Man 2, the sequel to it. So, uh, not shocking that this game would make our list. It's just near perfect superhero game. Yeah. Um yeah, this 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 one's a, a special one. I mean, Insomniac's always to me been just like 
very, very good at making some anything fun. Like everything they do is pure fun, and I don't think there's a better feeling mechanic in maybe any game ever than just swinging around New York City. Like the ability to just swing and, and it's how smooth it feels and how Spider-Man reacts to what you're doing. It's just, it's it's video game perfection. Um, you know, I, I've played as I've talked about on the show probably. 300 hours of this game with my son and um, you know it's I'm just as excited for Spider-Man 2 I, I think it's going to be everything that made the first one uh, amazing and uh, you know ratchet up to the, the nth degree I mean you know and me personally I, I kind of think Miles Morales is even a better version of Spider-Man 2018 but being again like I kind of mentioned I like to honor what, what brought it it didn't do much different than what Spider-Man 2018 did just a little more focused but um, yeah it's just top to bottom fun good Ubisoft style open world done better than they do with you know the the traversal mechanics that make you want to go every single place like yeah, you who does who, fast no who doesn't want to just swing around and, and <laughs> run up the side of a building and, and whatnot so um, you know Spidey is the perfect superhero to adapt into a video game I think and, and they nailed it yeah, I believe the story was Marvel offered them, you know, what character do you want? And they were just like, Spider-Man. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel or Sony? Because Sony owns Spider-Man. I think it was Marvel. I, now that you said that, yeah. I'll get the story correct. We'll, yeah, sorry. Maybe I'll bring it next week. Idiot. <laughs> but I believe it, it was Marvel said yeah. you can do I, I remember that, yeah, that similar story, which would only make sense if it was Marvel because they own the superhero. Sony owns what? Spider-Man and, and Morbius? Oh yeah. The, yeah the oh yeah. They, yeah. That's what. That's what it is. Then they just own the film rights. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, time to go back in time, Nick. I think a game to one of the most influential games to both of our childhoods. At least I know for me for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the Blue Blur Sonic the Hedgehog two specifically. Um, it's funny that everyone is always like with games like these. Like you, it's like what's your favorite game? It's probably the first one you played. Yeah, you know, like when people go, "What's your favorite Mega Man?" I was like, "I always go Mega Man Four because that was the one I owned for NES." And similar here, when I got my Sega Genesis, it came packed in with Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Yeah. So that was the game I played the most. You know, people will say Sonic Three is the best, but they're wrong. So. Yeah, though, those people are wrong. Yeah, <laughs> song three is the second best one. The first one kind of sucks. Just honestly. play Chemical Plant. Yeah. It should have been the song today. We should have played Chemical. Yeah, Plant. Yeah, uh, I've only really recently, <laughs> since since at work we play the soundtrack every once in a while, kind of gave, gained an appreciation for the music in this game. It's, it, it's every single every single track is iconic and is awesome, but. You know, I, I think this game plays very well to a younger audience. I don't know if I was, you know, if I played Sonic 2 today, I'd probably be like, I don't really quite get this. I'm moving so fast and I can't <laughs> react to anything on the right side of my screen. What is going on? I'm missing so much. But that's the point. Like when you're a kid, you just want to, you just want to go fast, right? And yeah. Like you, you know, and you get those boots and the music speeds up and you zip through the level and you know you start to kind of learn the ins and outs of the levels. It's just, it's just a, it's just a great time. You know, it's no Mario. I, I don't think you know if you were to like try and back in the day, the Sega Genesis versus the Super Nintendo Wars was like about as visceral as consoles as there ever was. Sonic doesn't hold a candle to Mario, but <laughs> he did single-handedly, I think, save the Sega console system at least for a little while because a lot of people don't know Sonic the Hedgehog wasn't a launch title for Sega Genesis it kind of came out I think two or three years after the console was released and really reinvigorated that after it was getting just shit canned by the Super Nintendo um, or maybe the regular Nintendo I'm not great with that time period but um, yeah you're a little young yeah I was a little young but just yeah just uh, you know pure nostalgia awesomeness yeah 
Yeah, I, I love that game. It just holds a very dear place in my heart. I don't know how many times I beat it, but it's yeah. a fuck ton. It's a lot. It's quick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm quick. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we're on to 33. And you know a game is special when, you know, Sony buys you immediately after the game comes out. And that game is Returnal. Uh, this came out in 2021. This is from Housemark. It is a third-person roguelike. It is a game that introduced me to roguelikes. It is also a platinum trophy that I can hold over John's head. <laughs> I think it's one of the big ones he really wishes he had. Poor shit. John, John has some RNG really good bullshit. <laughs> John has some really good platinums, but uh, I know he wants this one pretty, pretty yeah. bad. I'm, I'm gonna get that platinum. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a, a, a great game. Not, and I think the, the the best part of it is it was one of the best uses of the DualSense controller oh, yeah. on PlayStation Five. It has some of the tightest controls ever. You're oh, yeah. never losing this game because of, you know, oh, the controls or some kind of input delay. No, they're so tight. You get so good at the game. You know, I played this before. I played Hades even. So it was my introduction to roguelikes, and I it made me just fall in love with them, fall in love with Hades later. But Returnal is just incredible, and I'm really excited to see what Housemark does next. If it is a sequel to this game, like, booyah. Yeah. It'll be fucking awesome. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, because th this was a major departure for that studio. You know, prior to, prior to this, they were pure arcade. Like, yeah. Rezogun, Dead Nation, Alien Nation, Next Machina, these things like this where it's just, you're just chasing high scores. And so, for them to switch to a third-person uh, shooter was, I'm sure, pretty nerve-wracking, but they were able to retain everything that made them special, um, from the tight controls to the bullet hell nature of it to just, you know, the atmosphere being amazing. Um, I can't get enough of this game. I mean, it's one of the very few games that I think I would, like, every once in a while I'll go back to, even if I had the plan, I'm just because it feels so good. Mm -hmm. And they added the Tower of Sisyphus, and that's even kind of fun. It's just like a, it's a floor, um, what do you call those, tower-based, where you yeah. just try to get as high as you can. Um, but I, I think, you know, this game showed me that Housemark is one of my favorite developers out there um, just because I value gameplay first. And the story is there. It's weird. You know, it, it needs some explaining. Don't ask me what happened. Yeah, it, it needs some <laughs> explaining. But uh, it's all about the way that that game feels. And, um, and it's just really good weapons and... and and different ways that you can you can kind of customize your the way you want to play. Yeah, so. and atmosphere, just the sound design and everything, the use of 3D audio. That, that what fourth boss fight, one mm -hmm. awesome boss fight. Yeah, you know, great, yep, great, great there. It you know, and it scratches that same type of Souls nature where you know you you get into a boss fight that you have think you have absolutely shot absolutely no shot to win, and you do, and it feels great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love Very that important. game. Love, love, love that game. All right, we, we can swap the last two. So. Yeah, you take it. Go for it. <laughs> All right, so number 32, I really don't have to say much more, is Cyberpunk 2077, uh, my game of the year last year, because I beat it last year, not because it came out. It did not come out to the best of conditions, very buggy, very un, not delivering on a lot of the promises, but I think it, it got there. It has some incredible storytelling and some incredible characters. And, and the immersion and getting lost in uh, Night City, the location in the game is just—I love that game. It was some—it was something else. It was a—it was a good surprise last year, just like Persona Five was this year. Of just wow, this is one of my favorite games of all time, and uh, it's still installed on my console. Phantom Liberty, one of my most anticipated expansions coming. So, mm -hmm. 
uh, yeah, it had to make its place on the list, and I'm glad it is where it is. Is CD Projekt Red, pound for pound, your favorite developer? Right now, probably. Yeah, just like if you know that there's a, a game coming out by them, you're like, I'm there day one. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Not what teasing it is. of a game that's coming that'll be on the list at some point is <laughs> their other <laughs> franchise. There's not very many developers on this list that will have multiple games, but CD Projekt Red is one of them. And yeah, their attention to detail, their attention to worlds, and telling, you know, really good stories, which is what I want Bethesda to do, you know, is get back to really good stories. That's what I hope for Starfield, yeah. because, you know, the, the bar has been raised very high by uh, by CD Projekt Red and mm -hmm. Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I mean, The Witcher did the same exact thing to Fallout 4, kind of exposed to, like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. Bethesda's not the best at this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so. I love Dragon Age Inquisition. But it came out six months before Witcher Three. After that, I, I, I can't. This <laughs> game sucks. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it can't even hold a candle to itself. Nice. Yeah, I'll get there one day, man. It's it's installed on my console too. It's just like <laughs> it's like kind of sitting in like fourth place between behind Resident Evil, Elden Ring, <laughs> and maybe something else, and then that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But I'll get to it. All, All right. right. And then our last our last one on this ten. Um, very 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 special game to me. Um, you know, it, it started a genre, which, you know, you cannot say about many games, and that genre is alive and well, and that's Dark Souls. Now, you could argue Demon's Souls did start the genre, and it did. You know, I wouldn't even say that's really much of an argument, but this set the foundation for how this franchise was, go franchise was going to go moving forward, having a interconnected world um, where you're kind of exploring, exploring, all of a sudden you take a path, and you're like, oh shit, I'm here? It, you know, the, the feeling, how do I say this? I don't just the level design everything that this team did with this game was so special to me I fell in love immediately with the way that the boss battles were where you know Like I've said many times you think you can't do it and when you finally do your your heart's pumping You're so excited. I many times I've stood up and clapped and cheered and, and said fuck you and you know and beat the boss but uh, when you combine all of that with with um, you know, incredible world design, incredible um, amount of depth with the combat and things that you can do. You know, obviously they've built upon everything they made with Dark Souls into Dark Souls 2, 3, Bloodborne, into Elden Ring. You know, it's all connected in, in, in a very, you can clearly see it if you play all those games. But once again, honoring where things came from, um, you know, Dark Souls is, you know, I, 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 I will always remember buying that guide and just trying to see every square inch of that game and I cannot believe I don't have the platinum for it you know maybe one day I'll, I'll go on like a Souls run and try and clean up some of that <laughs> stuff but um, Dark Souls is like I said man it, it created a genre it's huge it's no I don't think anybody would have thought that that it would have latched on as much as it did but your boy knew your boy knew <laughs> I mean I bought Demon Souls from you know before it was even really a thing like 2009 or 10 so I uh, always knew that that was kind of the kind of games I wanted to play, and I'm um, still going real strong with From Software today. Yep, yep, yep. Soulsborne is a thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> very, very big thing. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We'll continue our list next week. Yay. All right. So, uh, Sony gave us a little sneak preview, Nick. Mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've seen a lot of success. You know, earlier this year, uh, Emmy, Emmy Show of the Year contender The Last of Us will be there at award season's 
hands down, um, you know, Succession is really fucking good too, but it'll win a lot. <laughs> but we got our next tease on, on an upcoming Sony um, franchise that they are converting into uh, film. That is Gran Turismo. Third franchise this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really pushing them out, man. I mean, Gran Turismo, <laughs> Twisted Metal, um, you know, they're, they're starting to go hard at this. So uh, they were able to show us, I believe it was like a two and a half minute trailer um, and just wanted to kind of go over quick impressions. Nick, what did you think of the Gran Turismo trailer? <laughs> um, I think when we talked about when they were making this, I think the same thing stands is like if the racing and the shots are good, I'll be there. I, I will happily sit through a two hour rag to riches little bit of observersity that we see in kind of a lot of these sports stories and this looks exactly like that um, I don't know how true it will be to the real story I'm not too familiar with the actual story that this is based on I know he definitely wasn't playing a PlayStation 5 which seems to be all over this and the Gran Turismo 7 and yeah. the poster he's holding a, play, a DualSense controller you know so uh I don't know how accurate it'll be, but it looks fun. I, I, I will definitely see it. I will not see it in theaters, but you know, I want, I'll check it out. It looks like a, it'll be a fun time. I like all the actors, Orlando Bloom, um, David, David Harbour. Harbour, you know, the big actors that are in this. And I have a feeling it's going to do pretty well. Mm -hmm. It's going to be pretty successful. Comments and things, people are very, very high on it. I'll, you know, mm -hmm. it seems like everybody's is digging it, but I, I think you hit the nail on the head. For me, um, it needs to nail the excitement of the racing and not focus on the gaming side of it too much. And well, I work- That's and I, our thing. Huh? That's our thing though. I know, but <laughs> so for instance, I wrote three lines down from, from this two minute trailer. Oh. <laughs> Must be a new experience for you moving your legs. Okay. Hey, do you get extra points for that in the game? All right. This whole thing is insane, but out of the couch surfing nerds you gave me, he's the best one. It's like, all right. like. As long as that's not too much into this thing, like I just, I want it to be the racing, not like I don't want it to focus on. Oh, this kid now he's got the nemesis. Hopper hates him. David Harbor, you know from Stranger Things. Hopper hates him. <laughs> he's gonna earn his. He's gonna earn it. Oh, he earned it. Now he's. It's just like I can. Oh, every, you can you, you can, can name see every story. Beat everything sure. that's gonna happen, and I just I <laughs> typically and don't get excited for things when that happens. But I really really liked Rush. I really, really liked uh, Ford versus Ferrari. I think cars lend themselves great to just a theater movie experience. You know, I have my sound system. I'll hopefully be able to crank it up and, and really feel it. But um, it does seem like Sony, you know, is putting the money behind this to make sure that, like, you know, that games are a vibrant, you know, they're not what they once were with the, in the movie space. You know, I, I really, truly believe... Um, you know, and we, I don't know if we, you might agree with me on this now. I don't know if you do, but I, I think the MCU is waning. It's still going to be around, but it's definitely getting smaller. I think, and the movie industry is very cyclical, right? Like at once upon a time, Hollywood was all about Westerns and it was all about rom-coms and it was all superheroes and zombies. I think video games are the next kind of frontier for those large, you know, the, the, the products that, you know, kind of turn into the big tentpole, um, motion pictures of the year that earn a lot of the money and I think Sony's very smart to be on the leading edge of that and um, you know I personally would have rather I was hoping when they announced Gran Turismo was going to be a thing that it was going to be like kind of a Top Gear style show where you know maybe we, we check out some of these real supercars in real life and, and mm -hmm. perform on them but you know at least it's it's very positive and, and exciting to see that they want this to succeed and that um, you know they're really putting the resources and things into it because I think 
They saw The Last of Us as incredible, incredible critical success. This could be an incredible commercial success. Uncharted was a commercial success. Um, you know, I think they're they're kind of doing it the right way. So, yeah, you know, good to see. But I don't know. I, I, I probably won't be there unless if, like, the reviews come out amazing and, you know, we really want to talk yeah. about it on the show or something. Yeah, but. we'll watch it at home yeah. for sure. So, <laughs> you know, everything's going to digital so fast that it'll... It'll be on a streaming service in two months after release. So right, all right. Directed by Neil Blom- Blomkamp, man, which uh, of District Nine, <laughs> and uh, he hasn't made very many great movies since. But I loved District Nine when that came out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's good. All right. So with Jedi Survivor in our rearview mirror, I wanted to talk about our most anticipated Star Wars game, and we're just gonna pick one because uh, there's only six of them. So I'm going to list off the six. We don't know any details of them. Just everyone has announced it. Uh, one should be pretty straightforward. But uh, So I'm going to list them off. John, you tell me which one you're most excited for. Okay. All right. So we have Respawn, who just did Jedi Survivor. They are also doing a Star Wars first-person shooter, which should be pretty good given their track record with Apex Legends and Titanfall. Yeah, that's so their bread and butter. <laughs> they're, they're, Jedi Survivor was the weird project. Now they're going back to what they do. Yeah, so uh, that one should be pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, we also have Respawn working with Bitreactor on a strategy game. Now, Bitreactor has not made a game before, but they are being led by a guy who worked on the XCOM series, so we don't know much about that. Was this the one that they announced today? Or like no I, no okay. no that was I, a different one okay right. <laughs> um, and I don't know about the one they announced today I think that was rumored yeah it's yeah it's not an announced <laughs> film okay anyway all right we have the Quantic Dream Star Wars Eclipse I'm trying to remember when that was announced that was was that at a Sony showcase I think it was an Xbox showcase okay maybe it was an yeah. Xbox showcase yeah. So what's slated for 2028? Yeah. <laughs> but we... You That's know, we, Xbox fashion. Quantic Dream of Detroit Become Human, a lot of PlayStation exclusives. Heavy Rain. Yep. They've So you kind of know where that's going to be at. Yeah. Um, the next one we've talked about before from Aspire. This is the Knights of the Old Republic remake. As reported by Jason Schreier, this game is in development hell. May never see the light of day, but it is a thing. Uh, we also have a project from Ubisoft and Massive, the makers of now the division. Uh, they have a Star Wars project. We don't know any other details than that that they are working on. And then finally, we have a game from Skydance New Media. This is the studio run by Amy Hennig. Uh, they la- announced last year a Black Panther Captain America game, but they also have a Star Wars project in the books. Uh, seeing how they have not released the game yet, they also have an unproven track record. So, John, I gave you six games. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're gonna play one tomorrow, sure. what game would it be? It would be <laughs> uh, Ubisoft's massive game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it would definitely be that one. Um, my love for Star Wars is not as high as some other people, but I, I do. I do try to keep an open mind to it, but I don't necessarily want heavy Star Wars story. I, I, I like the original trilogy. I like Rogue One. I'm not so much into the, all the extended universe stuff. 
So I think the idea of something like Star Wars Eclipse looks super cool. If I was into Star Wars, that would really excite me to have like the high fidelity graphics that Quantum Dream does. Um, it looks like it's going to be a dark, grittier story, which I think Star Wars probably has the potential to do very, very well. But when it comes to playing a video game and so something in this universe, I just want the ability to visit a cool place with with alien looking environments, have cool abilities, and if and I was a big fan of The Division. I thought The Division was a ton of fun, and I don't typically like Tom Clancy games, but just like kind of the systems and, and combat that they had in that, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. So if you can kind of put a, um, you know, make it more open world, because even though The Division was open world, it, it felt tighter than that because you're always on streets surrounded by buildings. So, you know, if you can have like an open, gorgeous Star Wars system or, you know, I. I would imagine if it's Star Wars, it's not going to be one planet. You're probably in like a system and you can hop around. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, the ability the ability to do that um, with the makers of the division sounds like it could be a pretty pretty fun time for me. Yeah, yeah, that is a definitely one to watch, and I'm curious if that will be announced this year. Yeah, and respawn. You know, I, I just I just don't particularly vibe with first person shooters very much, sure. but that one I think has potential to be the best of the bunch sure. too. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you on that, but uh, I am going to choose the Knights of the Old Republic remake. That is probably one of my gaming black eyes or just mm -hmm. holes in my life that I just have never played, which is crazy. It's you know considered one of the greatest RPGs of all time. It, the original was made by Bioware uh, and peak Bioware, you know, not Bioware now. So like started peak Bioware. Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So. You know, I, I, I played, like, I think the first, like, two or three hours and never finished it. So, like, if they could bring that to modern consoles and bring what is considered one of the greater Star Wars stories outside of the movies uh, to current consoles, that would be great. And I'd be all down for that. So Yeah, that'd probably be one that I'd be like, I don't want to play this, but damn it, I guess I'm going to because <laughs> it's going to review well and whatever. And, and yeah, like, I've had friends that that's their favorite game of all time. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's one of the ones that I think is simply too dated nowadays yeah. to even go back to. Like, don't even don't even try. Um, at least I don't, you can if you want. I tried. It didn't work out. Nick tried. It didn't work out. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully this figures out a path forward. I think... You know, it's, it's interesting. As much of a lack of faith, I feel like as Microsoft fans have for Xbox now, I have a very incredible amount of faith in Sony to push projects forward and, and give them things that they need to, to make it happen because yeah. I think they, uh, yeah, they don't want any type of reputational damage wherever they can help it. Yeah, exactly. Huh? So, all right, final topic. We made it. So it is May, and according to all these pesky Tom Hendersons and Jeff Grubbs, and all that, that we are going to get a Sony showcase. We haven't had a Sony showcase in forever since the infamous 2021 one, uh, fall of 2021, where we got to see Spider-Man 2 and Marvel's Wolverine and the first footage of God of War Ragnarok. Um, they haven't had at one since. We've had state of plays, we've had you know the little 20 minute conferences, but we have not had a proper Sony showcase. And the reason I'm bringing this up now is because Sony has this habit of announcing a showcase and having it be, or a state of play, and having it be two days later. So we don't even get to like, you know, have fun fan theories or discuss what we think is going to be there. It's just it's announced, it's there, and you know, obviously we bring it to you to talk about it post uh, state of play. But if there is a Sony showcase this month. I wanted to kind of get our thoughts on 
what we think is going to be there, what we're excited to be there. So we're already running a little long, so we won't take too much time on this, but we'll have some fun with this one. And the very first thing I do want to talk, talk about with you, John, is will there be new hardware? Hmm. <laughs> uh, will I, these rumored Sony's... We talked about the handheld. We talked about the slim, the slim model. Yeah. There's rumors of a pro version of the PlayStation Five already. Will any of these products be at the Sony showcase? I think you could see um, the pro or like a slim whatever with at the, at the showcase, and probably the detachable disc drive that's rumored. But I don't think we're going to see a handheld. I don't think think we're going to see anything like that. It's going to be an iteration of an already existing piece of hardware there because I think they're also going to want to use this showcase to try and push PSVR 2 a little bit and yes. you know if you start if you start flooding the idea of like hey save your money for this shiny new thing in the future it's going to inhibit people from wanting to spend on the thing that they want to promote now very good point so. very good point PSVR 2 is 500 bucks so it, they can't be bringing in another <laughs> piece of hardware to not get. yet I, I think I think they, they could show the detachable thing um, but also I, I don't know I I it's so interesting because typically these types of things are focused on just kind of new games and things, but like it's been so long and there's so much to talk about and they don't have an E3 and when else are you going to do it that like, <laughs> you know, give us a two hour show and yeah, have like a good 15 minutes to talk about a couple like hardware non, non-game things. That'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah, I think the, I think you're right. The most likely thing is maybe a new skew of a PlayStation 5 that, that is either cheaper um, that matches the price without the disc, maybe. Yeah. And that they, they still have the overall package of like, we want you to buy into the VR and the console itself. Don't worry, there's no handheld, there's no other mm-hmm. weird gimmicky things, you know, other than we might get new faceplates or controller colors. Absolutely. You know, aside from that. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, because the, the rumor is that this detachable disc drive is going to be alongside a new SKU of PlayStation that they're not going to have the, the disc drive ones anymore. It's just simply not going to be a thing. It's going right. to be the one digital version with the ability to buy this detachable thing. So I could I could easily see them, yeah, showing that off. Yeah. Uh, yep, yeah. it'll be there. <laughs> All right, so now we can move into the software side of things. And I think it's a lock that Spider-Man 2 would, well, is going to be there. It's going to have a release date. <laughs> It'll probably have a trailer. I don't think they'll show the gameplay off. I think that'll just come across in the trailer if he has any new abilities. Um, we might get a tease of a new location than just New York City, but I think that is a lock. I wrote lock next to it, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this is the time, though, that you you tell everybody... Co-op? <laughs> right. If, if there is co-op, yes. this is the time. I personally think it's going to be single-player. Yeah, but I, I think I think yeah. If you you show off a new trailer, detail that out and give us a date, state of play coming a month or so before. Yeah. You know, we didn't see Ragnarok gameplay till what like it wasn't yeah. till like two months before at the yeah. at the earliest. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and and all the other big staples that are about to come out too as well. Like Final Fantasy sixteen will probably have some kind of presence there. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter six which has been tied to Sony a bit, will also be there. And they're they're on the precipice of coming out. So I just think not nothing crazy, oh. maybe pre-order bonuses, maybe some kind of like blurb. Or yeah, they don't need to show us D- any more DLC plans, you know, like, yeah, it, those, but those games are immediately coming out. Yeah. They're very Sony branded, well, Final Fantasy 16 especially, that they will make an appearance. 
But outside of those staples, mm -hmm. what what do, what do we got? And we'll, I guess we let's start with the first party, uh, Sony's first party offerings. Who who's your most likely candidate to to have a a trailer here, a presence. Sure. Highest on the list for me would be Naughty Dog showing off Last of Us Factions. I think yeah. it's time. It's been rumored forever. Um, you know, it seems to be pretty far along. We got some key art, you know, a little while back of showing uh, that big abandoned cruise ship. Um, but I think this is the time you kind of show it off. You know, that might even be the thing that they end the conference with, you know, to show a nice like 10 minutes or so of like, this is what it is. You know, because uh, like we've been talking about, I don't think it's just a multiplayer thing. I think it's gonna have a narrative implications. There's gonna be a lot more to it. Maybe may even be a live service game, so they wanna detail out how that all is going to be laid out. But I think mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to see factions. They keep talking about, we have 10 live service games that are gonna be hitting before 2026. I think this is gonna be the first of them, the biggest of them. And um, I would be shocked if we don't see, see that here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you concur? I do. I do. Yeah. That is the only other announced project. Well, Lord of the, or Wolverine. Or Wolverine, but yeah. we got to get Spider-Man 2 before Wolverine. So, yes. <clears throat> other than that, yes, I definitely think that is uh, next up. And then I also think Sony Bend, who has been pretty silent since Days Gone, which released a very long time ago at this point. They have to be. They have to have their project. They rebranded their logo. I think they're ready to to show whatever they're working on. I am assuming it is some open world game in the Decima engine of some kind. Um, but uh, was Days Gone? Days Gone was Unreal. Well, maybe they maybe they are doing an Unreal game. But mm -hmm. I I just have this feeling. I just have this feeling that Decima yeah. with Death Stranding. Mm -hmm. With uh, Sony wants Decima to be kind of a thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. With I mean, and look, look at the it's, results. It's look, so at, pretty. look at it Forbidden West. Yeah. You know, so I think that that is the case. But what it will be, it could be anything. I don't. <laughs> we just know it's not Days Gone Two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you I mean, never, you never know. Zombies are always hot. So yeah, but haven't they come out and said like? Sony didn't. They've they've said no to a Days Gone two. Correct. Yeah. That so is, that like, is yeah, probably be, out there, but it'd be weird. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't know. So all right, then I think it's time for our favorite little mascot to return as well, Nick. I think mm -hmm. Astro Bot mm -hmm. needs to come back. <laughs> and I think, based on what we've kind of know, I think it's going to be both VR and regular screen. I think they're going to figure out a way to do that. I think that's probably why we've, we've they've been a little silent with the release of PSVR 2. They're kind of waiting to see, like, you know... It's a um, hybrid project. It's a hybrid like. project. I'm, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> um, I think Rescue Mission VR was, you know, so incredibly good, and there are so many fresh ideas in there that they need to continue that, tr that thought process. But also, you know, Playroom was such a runaway success that, you know, I think more people... Uh, than ever want to play an Astrobot game. You know, everybody who bought a PS5 got to play that game if they were smart, you know, or saw mm -hmm. the 18,000 posts on Reddit <laughs> to tell you to. Um, but it's it's about time to at least see what Team Asobi's been working on. Um, you know, Pl Astro's Playroom couldn't have been too intensive a project, or if anything, you know, it kind of helps them. They probably had, like, a side team working on that while they're working on another game. Um, but I think we see that it's going to be kind of a way to bolster the PSVR 2. Uh, as well as, you know, uh, I think try and brand him as like kind of their next sack boy, right? Sure, sure. And do we think that Sony's few inaugural studios that have yet to show anything, I believe I have Haven and Fire Sprite written down, 
do we get an inkling of what they're working on? That's a tough one. I, I wrote down <laughs> Haven's game as well, but I, I, I don't I don't know. I think Fire Sprite's more likely. I believe they've they've kind of led some breadcrumbs as to what they're working on. I, I can't remember. There's there's too many fire teams now. Right. It's so hard to keep track. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean it. This showcase is gonna be a big one, and so unless if it's just jam packed with third party shit, I mean I think yeah, I think you need to kind of start laying some of this stuff out. By but big hey, one, what do you think? You're saying it'll be long. It'll be an hour plus. The showcase? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. I'm hoping so. That would. I really hope so. God, I've been so starved. Yeah. For, I, for a show like. I that. don't know, but yeah, they've they've really moved away from anything except a disembodied voice, which just lends itself to being a quick show. So I mean, you know, it could be in that 45 minute range, but I don't know. Haven was Haven was purchased like I feel like a couple weeks or months after it was formed, which wasn't too long ago. So to get the team up and running, I mean, Jade Raymond. You know, I think they've shown some key art and things here and there, so they might be ready to go, but I don't know. I I, I kind of think that they're not. Okay. I don't know why. Don't know why. I don't have reasons. So did you have any more first party things to say before we move into third parties? So I have one off the wall one and then one that I think, you know, is pretty likely. I, I think I think we could see a, a Ghost of Tsushima two teaser. Yes. Um, I don't yeah. think you're going to get a Official trailer or anything like that. But, you know, anytime you take uh, – I, I think for sure they're working on it. You know, it was, yes. a, it was a wild success for them. Yeah. And anytime you take a series that you have – you've built the bones, right? We've built the, the character models. We've built the combat. We, we, we have all that. It's easier to get a sequel out the door. And I think Sucker Punch is a, is a very talented team that's probably at least ready to show off a teaser um, with like a, with a year. Like yep. Ghost of Tsushima 2025. Yeah. yeah, it's about to turn three years old. It also added that multiplayer element that John and I played that will probably is probably one of those live service elements that uh, <laughs> live service elements that uh, Sony says that they have. I wouldn't be surprised if Ghost of Tsushima Online is one of them. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It is definitely time. The Sucker Punch is a good studio. They, I would. I would imagine that they're they're ready to say that the game is coming out next year. Yeah, uh, and then I actually have two more. Um, oh boy. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> um, I think we're going to get the full blown Twisted Metal show trailer with an accompanying accompanying announcement of a game coming as well. Okay. I yeah, think there's good, I think a there's one. a specific reason that they only showed a teaser for the show like a week or two ago and they showed the whole trailer for Gran Turismo because they wanted to save the Twisted Metal trailer for the showcase to be able to announce the game with it. Yeah. Um you know, there's been rumors that uh, that the game's been, been been worked on. It was originally being worked on by Lucid Games who did uh, Destruction All-Stars and has since been moved on to I believe Fire Sprite. That might be the one thing I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um but Sony is just frothing at the mouth for that synergistic money that's out there, which you know they see, they saw very, very well with The Last of Us. So, um, do you think they spend time on cross media projects like Twisted Metal Show? I know you, you it's going to be tied to an actual game as part of your prediction, but do you mm-hmm. think they touch on? They do have several other projects in the works. No, I think you. I think it's kind of like a PSVR thing where we need to not announce so far ahead while there's yeah. other things coming. We're yeah. going to focus on Twisted Metal, you know, because we still need a release date for that. So assuming maybe it's like later this summer. Twisted Metal has a release date. 
It does? What's yeah, the it's uh, July. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know they want to get through that and Gran Turismo, and then probably announce the next slate after those. You know, let let the let the people focus on that stuff first. Um, would be my guess. Yeah, July twenty seventh. Okay, so it's kind of weirdly close to Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo's <laughs> August, right? Huh, interesting. Um, now here's my off the wall one, and I was just thinking okay. about it, but I think I think we get that weird little Loki game we were thinking of. I think we see it. I think we see Sony, oh. Santa, Mo- Sony Santa Monica show up and be like, what? And you, you hear the God of War music and you go, what? And then you see a Loki <laughs> and he's a little bit older and he's kind of off doing his own adventures. Um, I think that's gonna be my, my one like, sh- you know, throwing some shit at the wall and hoping it sticks type of prediction. Um, but I could see- Too soon is my- You think it's too soon? Yeah, too soon. Uh, when you think about uh, the, even like Forbidden West, Burning Shores from announcement to game, that was, you know, it at least had been 11 months. Came out in February. It was announced at the Game Awards in December. Out in April. It was, you know, yeah. God of War feels like a long... Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You're right. Six months ago. I mean, I don't know. Here, here's my, my thought, I guess, is because... <laughs> oh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Crap. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, Sony... I don't. Th- I mean, it is too early, but you know, you're gonna announce it to come out in next year, right? Miles Morales took a two years for Insomniac to make, and that was a pretty beefy extra game. Um, so, I mean, I think it could totally be like, hey, we're gonna show it off now. You know, it's something that's gonna be ready next year, and then that would be, you know, in that year and a half to two year window. It doesn't have to. It's not gonna be. You know, it's not gonna be another thirty hour thing, but it could be right. a, a six to eight hour. Um, yeah, which would be perfect. Yeah, six to eight hour experience that gets you back into that world, lets you play around with Loki, you know, flesh out some more stuff with Anger Boda. You know, it's interesting because they've said it's the end of the Norse saga. So, like, you know, I don't think there's really much opportunity for to, to bridge some sort of narrative into a, a third one. But, you know. No, um, I, I think there's some things yeah. to wrap up and how that, we won't talk about it, but how, what that game ended on. Yeah, there's. Uh, I, I think so. And God of War just, it. it it's <laughs> it sold so much that I think, despite what they've kind of told us, Sony might be kind of coming back and be like, "Yo, uh, <laughs> I know you said this is the end of the trilogy, but can we can we just do one more of this so it can sell another thirty million <laughs> copies and then and then go on?" But I don't know. I just I love I love me some some God of War. Or yeah, but, give it to somebody else. Um, yeah, because we didn't we didn't mention that Uncharted game. I, I keep forgetting that that little ad that oh, we have yeah. the little girl raiding a tomb that yeah. Uncharted is probably coming back to, yeah. not by Naughty Dog, but uh, it'll be handed off to. I think it's Sony San Diego, wasn't it? Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another studio that has not shown a game, but well, they do the show. Oh, okay. I mean, that's that's their thing, but okay. Yeah. But you could easily have yeah. you know multiple teams. So right. that's all I have for first party stuff. All right, so. Let's move into third party really quick. Um, it seems we're poised for the Mortal Kombat 12 announcement. You know, it's been announced in investor meetings. It seems it's it's coming this year. Uh, I think the Sony showcase will probably, if it's not at the Sony one, it'll be at the Xbox one, one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, I think- Yeah, I'm trying to remember like who, who if any, they've kind of had ties to in the past. Well, they, I mean, they were pretty tied up in Hogwarts Legacy, which was Warner Brothers as well. So it could be true. could be true. more of that. So I mean, and, and not to go back to Xbox, but like, yeah, I mean, third-party developers, I think, are scared of Xbox right now. Like, they, they just, 
games aren't being sold there. So, like, if they're going to tie themselves to one of the two, you know, unless if there's just boatloads of cash being thrown around, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, why, why not? Why sure. not be Sony? Sure. Um, and the only other one I can think of is all the other ones they've teased before. Stellar Blade, uh, Rise of Ronin, um, Like a Dragon. Uh, you know, there's more more in that franchise coming. The man who sold his name. Erased his name. Erased his name. So that, And there's always a bit of a Japanese-centric thing here. like Persona 6. <sighs> Yeah, for some say. That they always that you know, obviously Sony has a great relationship with Japanese publishers, developers, and whatnot. Um, so I there will be a feature of their games here for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree and, and it's hard it's always hard to, to pick and choose third parties that are gonna be at these things, but um, I think I think that's a good bet for those. The only other one I can think of is there has been I know you don't listen to sacred symbols like I do, but they keep talking about this fucking Metal Gear Solid 3 remake mm-hmm. that just mm-hmm. every, you know, seems to be like, seems to be around. And, you know, it's weird that why are they going to Metal Gear Solid 3 instead of 1? But, like, well, you know, what what is it about 3, Nick, uh, that, you know, is, <laughs> it's the first one in the timeline, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, could they be trying to capitalize on what? Capcom has done with the Resident Evil franchise. Like, we're going to start with this one, then we're going to just go chronologically and kind of <laughs> rebrand. I don't know. But, you know, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. I truly believe in that, especially in the video game industry. And there's simply been so much just, you know, and people get things wrong every once in a while. You know, at first it was the Metal Gear Solid remake, you know, rumor. And then it's like, well, no, now it's the Metal Gear Solid 3 rumor. And so, I, who knows? But I think there's Metal Gear something around. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. with, with Konami... You know, giving the Silent Hill 2 license to somebody, um, you know, that could see an easy partnership with Sony Bluepoint. You know, we don't know what Bluepoint's next game is. Konami goes to Sony. Sony goes, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make something. We yeah. like Metal Gear in the past. Who, do you have somebody that can do it? Yeah, we have fucking Bluepoint. They've worked on Metal Gear in the past. They did all that. You know, so let's give that to them. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I could see that being a thing. Yeah, yeah. Remake. I mean, I'd, remakes are hot, man. Yeah, there's gonna be a remake hot, of so. something. Like there'll be <laughs> there'll be at least one remake. But uh, any any pie in the sky? Anything that you're just like besides like I know Persona Six? Anything that you just would like lose your mind if you saw Wolverine gameplay? But that'd be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I. Miller Solid Three remake would be pretty pretty cool. I would be pretty excited for that if it looked if it looked promising enough. Yeah, um, and it would if it, it was Blue Point. Yeah, <laughs> knowing if, knowing that uh, yeah, Konami's gonna remake those games because they definitely could use it. Um, but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. There's all the ones are pretty much out there. You dream um, so small, Nick. Yeah, you dream so small. Like maybe it's like maybe more Resident Evil plans from Capcom, but it seems too early. You haven't even played Village. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go play Village uh, and then talk. <laughs> you know, or, well, I'm trying to think like like Capcom is like yeah. a team that, but they got you know they they kind of have, you know Exo Primal and yeah. Street Fighter Six, so their kind of hands are tied before they start going. Oh well, we're bringing. Uh, Dragon's Dogma or in the next Monster Hunter World and all that stuff but I mean there there's that potential but no I think most of the, my most anticipated games are out there yeah um, so but like you know yeah, there's no, no no franchise you would love to be like oh my god <laughs> do you have one I have two I have two 
Okay. Oh, I said two. Bloodborne two and Nier Automata two. Oh yeah. Those are the two. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and as we've talked about on the show, I know I mentioned like, oh, Nier Automata is like too big of a franchise to be ignored. It's it sold seven and a half million. Like seven and a half million. That's that's, that's huge. That's more than all the Kingdom Hearts games. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I, I think maybe I don't know, but Bloodborne two is a meme at this point. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know, but yeah, those would be the two that I think I would just like, you know. Start taking off my shirt and running around the room. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a pie in the sky. From Software's got Armored Core Six, so yeah. Well, it, but yeah, I mean, it have and, to be. It have to be From Software. And it seems like if anyone's going to get the next From Software exclusive announcement, it'll be Keeley. So. True. <laughs> this yeah, summer, true. you know, because that that is kind of the thing is we think that this summer will be returned to form. You know, obviously Sony hasn't had a showcase in a while, but we do have a Xbox showcase. I. It, 100% think the Phantom Liberty will be there. Yeah. And I think that Xbox, again, <laughs> like we just talked about, will be kind of trying to build excitement on their platform. So a lot of third parties might show up there. Um, you know, the Ubisoft, EA, you know, there's a Dragon Age game out there, you know, so we might see them kind of just take the lead on a lot of the third party stuff. Yeah. Um, and a lot of indie games as well. Um, so, no, cool. I. God, do I want this? I just want this announcement. I'm going to be, dude, if, if we get to June 1st and there's not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm <laughs> finding where you live, John. Because, yeah, Sony's got so much to talk about, so much to say. And that's not including Let's any say. PSVR 2 stuff, man. Like yeah. Half-Life Alex could be there, you know, the next thing for, I don't know what, I mean, you know, Half-Life Alex is becoming meme-worthy at this point as well, so. Yeah, and it's all just, it's coming, it's coming. Last of Us multiplayer, coming. Spider-Man 2, it's coming. Let's go, let's mm-hmm. see what's happening. Yep. You know, it's been a while. Let's... Don't Phil Spencer us, Sony. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft's down, you know. Get them, they're, they're wounded. Like, just drive a, drive a stake through their heart at this point. Ooh, you know? good ref- Redfall reference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so... You know, you, you're kind of in the clear, technically, with the Activision Blizzard deal, so just... Do it. Do Finish it. it. Put your put your foot <laughs> on their throat. <laughs> the fatality screens up. Input that code. Spider Man two. Bam. <laughs> Astro. Bam. I just think dead. <laughs> they start they start the PlayStation conference with Mortal Kombat two, and it just starts finish him, and it's Jim Ryan uppercutting <laughs> Phil Spencer, and his head pops off. Uh, That's I too wish. dark. I wish, but. <laughs> Yeah. I wish they would take shots at each other like that. But again, like I'm, when we were talking about the Redfall uh, review scores, and I texted you like, "This is no fun." Like, no, this it's is not. Not even a competition at this point. So um, it might be after June, and Microsoft has a good show. But Nick also drafted that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Understandably, though, I would have drafted that game if it was available for me. Yeah, but so. you, know, you just you, you fell on the sword. <laughs> All right, so that is six things. We hope you enjoyed our longest show yet. It has been uh, really quite, yeah. Oh, this, this will be the longest one, so um, it's good. There's a lot of video games to talk about, and I anticipate this is going to be the regular. As we said, games are coming out mm. next week. Tears of the Kingdom will be out. That's going to just take all the oxygen out of the room. We'll probably have to talk about that. Yeah, I still haven't even thought it. Like, am I getting that day one? I, I should. <laughs> I haven't even thought about it yet. Uh, when the reviews come out, uh, that'll, oh, like, that'll change your yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, when, when people say just how incredible it is, it's right. sitting at like a 98 or something stupid. One can only dream. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, yeah, and, you know, ear to the ground, it is time. Rumors, rumors themselves will be through the roof, so that'll be mm-hmm. frustrating, but, uh, you know, it, it's, 
It's a good times. Yep. Good times. So, and we're happy to talk about it, obviously. Yes. So, uh, anything to tease for next week? Are, are, do you think you'll have Resident Evil 4 done? I think so. I'm on chapter 11. There's 16 chapters, right? So, yep. you know, I, I hope to have some time. I mean, weekends are. As my kids get older and older, more time is taken up and taken up. But um, yeah, I think I can I can get through it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts as for the whole package. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. I am working on the Jedi Survivor Platinum. I'm gonna get that, and then after that, I don't know what I'm doing. I might take a break. Elden Ring. I'll give you Elden yeah, Ring. Elden Ring. Right Elden Ring. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> And uh, we will continue our list, of course. We'll have games 30 through 21. It is going to continue to get a little more interesting. God, wouldn't that be funny if you beat Elden Ring before I did? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you gave me your copy, wouldn't I beat it before you? If you like it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd be willing to make that sacrifice. Which will just lead into others from software games. Oh, Uh, boy. Yeah. Then I'll be like, Bloodborne 2 is my most anticipated game. No, it's my most anticipated (laughs) game. All right. I like Miyazaki more. <laughs> so speaking of that Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, I wasn't planning on the coincidence. Yeah. I, just had, I saw it. I was like... <laughs> I was just, uh, you know, hey, Metal Gear's been on the brain, especially as we talk about our best games, as you've not heard yet. A Metal Gear game hasn't shown up yet, but a uh, little tease. <laughs> Metal Gear wills, because definitely one of my favorite... washed up, dude. <laughs> yeah, not, not a lot to say about it now, but... You know, back in the day, it was a premier Kojima franchise. And one of my favorite things about Metal Gear Solid 3 was the James Bond-esque opening it had. And that included the song Snake Eater from Metal Gear Solid 3. This was sung by Cynthia Harrell and composed by Noriko Hibino. I butchered the shit out of that, I'm sure. So. <laughs> A for effort. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but uh, You dishonored his family. How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great song. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you love the show. Thanks again for listening. We will be back next week with six more things. Bye. See you guys. But you're so supreme. Survive